All right. Hi, everybody. It's RCFB Talk 88. My name is Bob Akairi. I'm going to be joined by my co-hosts, J.D. Moore and Sirius. And we have a special guest for you. We have Coastal Carolina head coach, Jamie Chadwell. He's going to be joining us in a moment. So this is going to be an exciting talk. Many of you know, Jamie Chadwell is the head coach of Coastal Carolina. You know, the Shants are doing great right now. They're 5-0. They've had two back-to-back 11-win seasons prior to that. Coastal Carolina is a leading candidate to win the Sun Belt right now. I mean, they are absolutely intriguing us year after year. They have an excellent quarterback with Grayson McCall. You know, prior to becoming the head coach of Coastal Carolina, I was fascinated by Chadwell because I remember when he led Charleston Southern, an FCS team, the middle of the pack, not particularly exceptional, to its only two FCS playoff runs. So that was exceptional. And from there, Joe Moglia, the previous head coach who's still a part of the program at Coastal Carolina, got him to jump up and become his offensive coordinator as, uh, oh, I can see actually he's here. So let's go ahead and invite him up. Coach Chadwell, thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me on. Absolutely, Coach. Obviously, you are doing a fantastic job once again uh, with Coastal Carolina, one of the remaining undefeated G5 schools. And after a huge win, uh, you know, this past week, uh, getting a win over Georgia Southern, we absolutely had to hear some of the great things that are happening right now in Myrtle Beach. You're 5-0. and How are the vibes happening right now with the Coastal Carolina football program? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's been an interesting 5-0. I'll say it's not been easy. Uh, you know, the last maybe the last couple of years, uh, some of those have been easy. This year has has been not. But we've got a we got a confident team that believes in themselves. We're finding ways each week to uh, let's say make the game interesting, I guess. But uh, we've got uh, guys that understand how to win and that expectation, and uh, it's driving us right now. You know, I was at, I mean, I'm sure most of America saw the Myrtle Hurdle by uh, C.J. Beasley. That was just an, an incredible highlight. What was it like for you to see him leap that defender? Well, I'll, I'll say this. That, that is actually his move. He's probably used that move in games about three or four times. Not to that extent, not, to that, not that high, and not at the moment of how impactful it was for uh, you know, the game. But uh, yeah, I was I was really right behind it watching it because uh, I think we were on the twenty something yard line, and so I moved backwards just to sort of see what was happening, and you could just see it coming, and I could say he's getting ready to jump this guy, and all these things go through my mind. Please hold on to the football, uh, and then obviously he hurdled that sucker and got in the end zone and and uh, gave us a victory out of it. Coach, one of the things that I've loved watching with Coastal Carolina under your watch has been your modified version of a modern option offense. I mean, I'm still hollering, thinking about that Grayson McCall toss to Jared Brown in that first quarter against Georgia State. Uh, but I would love to hear a little bit more directly from you. I mean, your option offense is not the typical offense we see. There's a lot of work out of the shotgun. Uh, there's a lot of motion that happens before that. Uh, what is it about your offense that works so differently with your wrinkles to that option offense? Well, I, I think one, it is, you know, in principle, it, it is an option type run game at least. Uh, and so everything that we do is based off of that, but we, we didn't want to be underneath center and, and we wanted to be able to throw the ball and, and recruit, you know, some playmakers and do some different things. And so uh, there's a lot of window dressing. There's a lot of bells and whistles, but at the core, we're trying to read somebody and we're trying to pitch off somebody. We want to give our, our, our offensive linemen advantages with angles and leverage and, and try to make defenses hopefully try to defend us instead of us trying to figure out what they're doing. 
you know, we've, we've, we've been doing this now from an offensive standpoint since 2009 is when we really first started using it. And each year we've tried to add something, whether that's RPOs or something that uh, we think can continue to make it grow. Um, but our guys believe in what we're doing, and it, it gives us a chance. And when you're bought into what you're doing and your players believe in it, good things can happen. Obviously, we got a trigger man that can make it go as well. Uh, and uh, that sort of uh, took us from where people thought it was a novelty. Now that everybody loves it. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing how uh, when you have success with it, how the mindset of, of how you use it changes. Coach, speaking about that trigger man, we have to bring up Grayson McCall. Just a very, very passionate player um, who is at this point kind of become synonymous with Coastal and the type of football that you're playing, the brand of football that you want to run. Um, he's been expected to come up, and he had a fantastic season last year. Expand on that, but also to become more of a veteran leader for your program after losing a lot of talent last year. Um, can you speak to how he's done this year in terms of stepping up and, and being that vocal leader at the forefront of the team? Yeah, and I, I think that was the biggest challenge. You know, when he came in at 20, he took the nation by storm. We had a lot of older guys, and he was out there just playing ball and uh, and fit perfectly, obviously, here and his mullet and everything fit perfectly here in, in Conway. And, uh, you know, and then last year he followed it up and had another fantastic year with another group that was older, a lot of super seniors. And then this year, coming off of surgery, uh, shoulder surgery, brand-new receivers, uh, mostly brand-new offensive line, a lot of young players around him. And he still has to live up to that uh, expectations that he's created for himself, but also try to lead a new team, and that's been challenging for him. And I and I think if you've if you've watched us this season, uh, you know we've had some ups and downs, some struggles uh, trying to trying to find our way, you know, offensively, just you know, new guys and new places and battling through some injuries. But he's been the uh, the one constant for us. Like the old, uh, I used to watch the the television show Lost, and they talk about what's your constant, and he's been our constant. And but his leadership of, of using these young players and, and allowing them to sort of grow through their mistakes and him trusting them and trusting the offensive line. I think you've seen over the last two weeks, he's played his best games from a from a obviously from a yardage and all that standpoint, but really from a leadership, getting them locked in, keeping them encouraged. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, the last two games in this league, you know, he's played his best because uh, he knows his best is needed when we're playing these tough Sunbelt conferences. You know, there was a moment towards the end of the Georgia State game where McCall, he'd been a little banged up earlier in the game. He appeared to want to get back on the field. And from what we saw at home, it appeared you were talking him out of it. I mean, you were a quarterback yourself. What was that conversation like? Well, it was, you know, any competitor wants to go back in. He wanted to finish. He wants to show people, hey, he can finish things. But And, and he was, he was uh, he might be a politician one day. He was pretty, uh, he was pretty smooth at trying to convince me. Uh, but also – you know, from a head coaching standpoint, I trusted that uh, we could find a way to still win the game without him. And then, two, you know that it's a long season. And, uh, you know, he's got a future that's more important than just that one moment or, or, or that game. You know, those games are, are vastly important to us and our, our supporters. But uh, our players, you know, their future and, and uh, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, comes first as well. And so you had to think about all those things. Uh, and, you know, he wanted to go in there and, and finish the game. But uh, also we knew that we need to try to keep him away from getting injured any 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 further and make sure that he could come back and be healthy, which he did. And um, But he's a, he's the ultimate competitor. That's what, that's what makes him special. He wants to go out there and, and he thinks he can make every play. 
Coach, when you think about the development of your players, one thing that really fascinates me about your team is the defensive production that came back for this year for Coastal. Uh, it was actually one of the lowest returning defensive production because so many guys had graduated uh, and moved on beyond college football. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit more about what Chad Staggs and some of your coaching staff have really done to really develop players at Coastal Carolina, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, well, we, you know, we try to take a lot of, uh, uh, I'll use the word pride, I guess, that we have to develop. We know we got to get players and develop them. We're not getting the ready-made guys, you know, and those things. And so from a from a standpoint of our, our, our off-season program, our strength coaches, and, and everything that we're doing to try to help these players be their best, uh, that's important to us. And we spend a lot of time with that. And, and defensively, we knew we lost a lot of, of great players, great leaders, but we also felt confident about some of the recruiting and some of the young guys that we'd had that when their opportunity came, that uh, they would make the most of it. Now, we've had some ups and downs, no doubt, throughout the five games, but I think what you're seeing is we have a lot of depth. We play a lot of players. There's a lot of new guys playing, but our guys, our, our coaches especially, Coach Staggs, Coach McGee, Coach Foster, Coach Miller, Coach uh, Fearball, that's, our, that's our, 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 our staff there, they do a fantastic job of, of not only teaching the game and teaching what we have to do from a scheme standpoint, but helping those guys – realize their strengths we try to play to our strengths not necessarily weaknesses you know everybody's got a weakness we know that but we try not to focus on that we try to focus on what our players can do and if we can put them in position to be successful and, and that's I, to me is part of understanding and development is making them the best that they can be and what they're good at and then don't put them in situations where they might not be as good and our, i think our defensive staff does a good job of that obviously um, finding the right fit is crucial for a program like coastal when you're having to develop those players and then also trying to find guys who want to stay there and want to build something and, and develop into something more. Um, at the same time, you've built this reputation as being kind of one of the more fun teams in the fun belt. Um, we had Commissioner Keith Gill on here uh, last month, and we talked about how much fans across the country enjoyed the Sun Belt because of this reputation that its teams have, this mindset of, you know, we're going to play top-tier college football, we're going to be entertaining, we're going to put out a good product, we're also going to have fun doing it. How do you sell that type of program to a recruit that's considering your school and finding the right guy who wants to come and spend his entire career in Conway? Well, I think one, you got to have a value system that you recruit to. Uh, you know, fit is important. I think it, for everybody, obviously for us, it is, and and we believe in and doing things a certain way here within our within uh, the process of our program. And and you know, the two main things we do there is is we talk a lot about being a man and 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 what a man does, and then we also uh, have four values that are important, and those values of competition, discipline, accountability, and passion. That's our values of our, our program. And so everything that we do, we, we live that as coaches, but we recruit to that. And and we build on that each and every, every year uh, in our program, and we want players that want to buy into that. Obviously, there's some great things here in Conway, South Carolina, being you know right close. There's a, our, our school's awesome. Uh, and so there's a lot of good things to sell. But our main point for us is, we're going to do things uh, the right way. We're going to play hard. We're going to we're going to live those values out. But we're going to enjoy what we do. Uh, football is hard, and there's so much pressure on young people now uh, from a mental health standpoint because of expectations of themselves outside. Uh, we want to make sure the experience young people have in our program. Hopefully, they're winning a lot of football games and championships. They're getting a fantastic degree. We believe all those things, but we want them to enjoy it. I want them to look back and say, you know what, that was the four or five, some guys now six or seven with COVID, of the best years of my life, and that because I was with a brotherhood. 
we work hard on creating a real brotherhood, a real family, and everybody talks that, but we, we spent a lot of time on that being a brotherhood. And uh, that's important to us that we get guys that want to be a part of that. And I think that's why you've seen us have success. We've not had the best players or the best recruiting class, but we've had players buy into that and want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And when you get people to do that and compete for a common purpose, special things can happen. And, and we have a special place here in Conway. Absolutely love hearing that vision for how to not only just build players, but build men as well. And I also, I, you know, I just got to say, especially thinking about the way that you've also been able to do that while still branding yourself as a, one of the fun places in college football to play at. Uh, you know, I immediately think back to some of your legendary post-game locker room celebrations, like, you know, the pizza eating contest against Joey Chestnut or the fake bullfights, throwing mascots through tables. Uh, I have to know, though, uh, who comes up with those celebration ideas and more importantly who handles the logistics of making those happen <laughs> well you know that, that actually happened uh let's see 2015 is when we actually started doing this we were at a previous place most of my staff but we started doing that in 2015 and every year before the season starts i assign one of our assistant coaches one of the teams that we're playing and we we determine hey we're playing for a championship that week and then whatever that championship we're playing for uh, you saw uh, the uh, you know Joey Chestnut. That was we were that was we were playing Texas State. That was to devour the Bobcats. That was the the theme. And whoever won had had a champion had an opportunity to compete against Joey Chestnut. And so the coaches come up with that, and then they get with our strength staff and they figure out logistics in the locker room and the different things uh, that we've done. And and we've we've done some crazy stuff. We've had a live animal before. We've had a bunch of different things. <laughs> Probably I can't mention on here, but. Um, that's part of our players enjoying the process. They look forward to every Monday when we reveal what we're playing for and why we're playing for it. And then, then they know there's going to be an unbelievable celebration afterwards in that locker room and that uh, some have gotten on social media, some we've had to probably keep in there. But it, they look forward to that, and that's part of uh, who we are and, and the fun that we have. Coach, you have an excellent relationship with Joe Moglia, your predecessor, who, who initially hired you to, to come into the program as offensive coordinator. Of all his insights, what has struck out with you as you continue your coaching career? Well, I, I think the, the main thing is that uh, what he um, helped me continue to, to realize is, one, be yourself. You know, don't, be, don't try to be Joe Moglia or don't try to be some of these coaches that you see that do it this way, have success. you got to be yourself and, 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 and believe in, in, in what you do and how you do it. And, but the other thing that uh, I think you really uh, is, is helped me on is just understanding and being able to see the game from a, not a typical coach standpoint. You know, seeing it from how, obviously how he saw it. He was, he was a CEO, successful CEO, and, and the way he was able to see the game from some different ways that maybe I wouldn't. Um, and trusting that, you know, trusting that instinct, trusting that gut of, of following through on that and has really helped me. And I think been a big part of the success that we've had here is because of those, the foundation part one that he left us, but also some of the, the things that he was able to help us see and, and implement wise here that I've, that I've tried to follow has been a big reason for that. And he's been a tremendous mentor for me. How is he fitting into the program? Because he has such a, I know he's been conscious of wanting to give you obviously all the space to run the program your way, but he has that unique role of chair of athletics and executive director for football. I mean, is that sort of shifting more to what made him a successful business executive? 
Yeah, I mean he 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 can he can uh, he managed a multi billion dollar fund. He can definitely he can he can do football and and be be the chair of executive director, uh, you know, of football and all those different things. He's he's really good at understanding people and communicating his vision. I think that's uh, to me is his greatest his greatest uh, asset is he he's a great communicator and and he sees what needs to be fixed or improved and he knows how to get done with it and. Um, and so he's he's tremendous at those things, and and it's been good for me, obviously, to have him still here and, and be able to have a, an ear that can listen through some challenging times and things that we struggle with that uh, you know he can help guide me. I was actually at the 2017 Sun Belt Media Day when you needed to step up, I think, quite early as interim for that interim season. And I, in fact, I remember asking you about the bam that was on the back of your clothing, which you've already touched on. You know, you've been a head coach before at, at more than one level. And, and what are some of the things, though, you've learned about head coaching since that 2017 season? <laughs> well, that was a challenging season, no doubt, you know, and, and uh, obviously getting thrust into that. And I, what I tell people, it's not necessarily I, I was, a, you know, I've been a head coach before, so I wasn't I wasn't, so, uh, you know, oh, I'm shocked I'm in the head coaching chair. What do I do? But I think what I realized through that now is it, it's it's about the it's about the people that you're leading, and making sure that uh, you know them, they know you, and that we're all in the we're all believing the same vision and going in the same way. And I, I think that's really helped me going through that season, being thrust into a head coaching spot that I would say I wasn't ready for uh, as far as being a head coach for, but I wasn't ready for that certain situation because of not knowing the players the way I needed to, not knowing how to to direct them and try to motivate them to be their best. And so what I learned is it doesn't matter the X's and O's and all those things. It's can I take a, a group of young people and get them to believe in something bigger than themselves uh, and going through that challenge of 17 and learning that and seeing the ways I, I might needed to change from being how I was previously has really helped to this point uh, of my career. Jamie, beyond Joe in that administrative role, uh, you certainly uh, have done a lot to make sure that Coastal Carolina is successful, but it takes a small army to make sure that you can have a regular undefeated season, to have multiple 11-win seasons, and especially when you have a program that's so new to FBS football. What has been the administration support that you've received from Coastal Carolina in order to succeed on the football field? Well, they've been tremendous. You know, they obviously made the move back in 16 with a belief that we had a lot of success at, F at the FCS level. And I think they 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 believe that, hey, we can have the similar success at the FBS. And uh, they've been tremendous. Dr. DeCenzo was our president when we made that move. Now we got uh, President Michael Benson, who uh, came in and started January of, uh, I think, 20. Um, was has been a tremendous asset. He loves athletics. He he's been a tremendous supporter of us. He's at all our games, and they want us to be successful. We we've we've gotten approval to break ground on a new uh, indoor facility. They've increased facilities. Uh, you know, for us each and every year, there's things that uh, that we've needed to try to improve, and they they're there for us and supporting us. Our athletic director Matt Hogue has been tremendous, and uh, they see the value. Uh, of what our program has been able to do for a university and, and they're behind us. And we've got tremendous support throughout the university. We've got tremendous uh, teams throughout this university. We've got a lot of successful championship winning coaches. And, you know, obviously you just talk about uh, baseball and basketball and our baseball team won the national championship a few years ago. So we've, we've had a lot of success, a lot of expectations here, but our administration gives us the support we need to go out and, and, and stay consistent, which is all you can ask.
Coach, as we wrap up, you know, we've got a lot of followers and listeners from across the country, and they may find themselves in a unique situation um, this year if they wake up in the morning after watching a chance game the night before and they find themselves pissing teal. Do you and the doctors in Conway have any suggestions for what they should do in that situation? Take two tablets of aspirin and uh, call your doctor in the morning, and that's usually what we tell our guys, and it works like a charm every time. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. We know you've got a busy week, got to prepare for the games and all that stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you all very much. Sean's up. Absolutely. Sean's up. From all of us here at RCFB, thanks for listening. This was RCFB Talk 88 with Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell. We always appreciate it. On behalf of myself, Bob Akairi, on behalf of my co-hosts, J.D. Moore and Sirius, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Now, I'm going to hang up and listen.